0: spotlight on the big issues and the people behind them
1: And welcome to the Forum, Ajay. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you've been with us all morning, thanks uh, for staying. And, of course, this morning, focusing, as we'd indicated earlier, on what is currently going on in the United States of America. Yesterday, at the top of the show, we spoke about uh, another police killing. And then throughout the day, there were more developments. And uh, this morning, again, started uh, with another report. And uh, as we see right now, just watching the visuals on uh, CNN Live uh, standoff uh, between between police and um, some of the people on the streets in Dallas. And... It, it, it looks like something from Grand Theft Auto, I must say. It, it just is so surreal at the moment. And as we understand, snipers reportedly opened fire on uh, the police this morning in Dallas in the United States. And that was during a hashtag Black Lives Matter uh, march. Now, 11 police officers, as we understand, have been shot and four of those have been killed. The protests began following uh, police killings of two black men in uh, Louisiana and Minnesota this week and both incidents were captured on video and quickly made headlines. President Barack Obama addressed the nation on Thursday night saying that change has come too slow after the shootings went viral.
0: When incidents like this occur, there's a big chunk of our fellow citizenry that feels as if because of the color of their skin they are not being treated the same. And that hurts. And that should trouble all of us. This is not just a black issue. It's not just a Hispanic issue. This is an American issue that we should all care about. All fair-minded people should be concerned.
1: Meanwhile, Minnesota Governor Mark Dayton has given his reaction to the fatal shooting of uh, Philando Castile. Mr. Castile was, short, uh, he was shot dead uh, during a traffic stop on Wednesday. Mr. Dayton said he didn't believe the shooting would have happened if the driver and passengers in the car were white.
2: Would this have happened if those uh, passengers, the driver and the passengers were white? I don't think it would have. So I'm forced to confront, and I think all of us in Minnesota are forced to confront, that this, this kind of... Uh, Racism exists, and that it's incumbent upon all of us to vow that we're gonna do whatever we can to see that it doesn't happen, it doesn't continue to happen. Flander was not uh, given first aid. Nobody attended to his uh, condition uh, as they were attending to the condition of the the police officer who did the shooting. Uh, She and her, she was handcuffed and taken to a station, police station, with her four-year-old daughter. I mean, just the the stark treatment, uh, just uh, I I find absolutely appalling.
1: And um, the lines are open. We'd love to take your views on uh, what is currently happening there, 891 You can SMS us on the number 34701. Tweet to Facebook AM Live on SAFM using the hashtag Live, And, of course, you can also stream on safm.co.za. And we join in the line now uh, from Houston, Texas, by humanitarian and human rights activist Keisha uh, Thomas. Keisha, sir, thanks so much for speaking to us this morning.
3: Thank you
1: so much for having me. As I was uh, explaining to our listeners earlier, you know, this looks absolutely bizarre. You, you almost cannot believe what you are seeing. But then, given what has been happening and the fact that last year alone, over 1,500 black men were killed by police officers in the United States, some would say that this was just something waiting to happen. Well, the thing is that what needs to happen is change needs
3: to happen. That's what always need to happen. What you have right now is you have a lone wolf that has decided to take it upon himself to pick off police officers. That is not what the Black Lives Matter movement is about. That's not what people want as far as coming to the terms or creating a better police force. This is counterproductive. And the majority of Americans believe this. This is no different than a, an abortion bomber or a suicide bomber or someone that has taken a twisted and sick idea and decided to distort that because they want to fight for a cause. We This is a cowardly behavior that, that strikes fear and terror. This does not speak for everyone.
1: It doesn't speak for everyone, but do you believe that there are some who, like this lone wolf as you uh, describe him, uh, feel that perhaps you know this is the only way for them to be heard or seen?
4: Well, that's the
3: danger. We can't justify it and say this is the lone wolf that makes it feel. That the KKK could say this is the lone wolf. The anti abortionists can say this is the lone wolf. What we need to do is we need to focus on the issues, and the issues are we have a huge problem with police violence. We have a huge problem with police corruption. Am I saying all police officers are bad? Absolutely not. But we have to look at the data, and the data shows continuously across the board that people who are a minority and of color are treated differently in the society. I have shown plenty of pictures where you have had people who are white who haven't been killed by this police and in the same situation. I've also posted of pictures and shown people videos of police officers who have, you know, been brutal to people who are white as well. So I always say this is not a black or white issue. This is a human rights issue. This has got to stop.
1: And then some would say, but, you know, in as much as that is the case, and President Barack Obama also makes that point, um, you cannot ignore the fact, um, as you also uh, touched on, that unarmed black people were killed by police at a rate that is five times higher than unarmed white people in 2015 alone.
3: Yes, absolutely. These we're we're on the same side here. These facts and figures are absolutely right. But what you cannot ask me to do or say is to justify violence as a mean of a means of correcting that problem. I'm not going to say that you know because of anger you get to go and shoot ten police officers, officers or eleven, because what you're doing is these eleven police officers that you have decided to convict are not the eleven officers that we have the evidence on who are. Be- who are doing injustice every single day. What we need to do is make sure that these police officers who are killing people, who are using the law are as, as their own personal whatever, who think that they're above the law, that have no accountability, we need to put them in front of a door. We need to have them suffer.
1: So and they're the problem. How do you actually get to that point? Because as you stated at the onset, that things need to change. Why Absolutely. are the wheels turning so slowly?
3: Well, because, first of all, there's a, I'm a protester, I'm a marcher, but I'm also a person that has a call to action. So today I discussed things that we could do. Number one, in the United States, you only have to go through training to be a police officer for six months. Where in the United States, if you want to be a hairdresser, you have to go to school for two years. Now, is it more important, no disrespect to hairdressers, but a police officer has a gun and is making choices every day whether someone's going to live or die? And six months is not long enough for them to do that. It's not enough training. That's the first call to action. The second call to action is that the people that are stopped, for poop, that are stopped routinely by the police are people who are minorities. Now, let me tell you, you can always follow the money. When you look at communities that are, that are of color or poor communities, they don't have the tax basis to support the infrastructure. So all of a sudden, these tickets and these pulling people over, the police are not there to protect and to serve. They're debt collectors for the city. And now you pull over someone, you give them a ticket that they cannot pay. That ticket becomes a a ticket, a compound thing, where you have to pay the court fees and the late fees and the this fees and that fees. And next thing you know, when you can't pay that fee that's piled up, you have a warrant for your arrest. Now when these police officers are pulling you over, for a busted taillight and you have a warrant for your arrest, you're back into the system. Now, not only are you back into the system, you've got to go to jail because you can't write a check and sign your way out, and you lose your job. You lose your job, you lose your apartment, you lose your car, you're back into poverty. It does no good for, you know, for police to ticket people to do this. Now, on top of that, not only are you hurting the individual when you do this, you're also hurting the taxpayer let's go back to the individual in the whole community mm-hmm. you're talking black and brown people are ticketed more than anybody else you have a one in four chance in San Diego being pulled over by the police and you ending up in handcuffs if you're a minority this has got to stop the third is that the United States has got to stop teaching or treating drug addicts and the mentally ill like criminals police officers with six months of training are not fit to handle those types of those type of situations they need to be taught de-escalation. You can handle a situation without it going to the next level, but mm. if you see over and over and over again these situations escalate, and you the
1: have evidence to be
3: able to handle if you, mm-hmm.
1: the evidence in um, the, la- uh, the 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 two latest incidents, those two videos, I mean, clearly points to the um, uh, what you are saying right now. Uh, whereby it would seem that, you know, situations that could have been easily diffused just escalated and resulted in the unfortunate death of two people.
3: Right. And what I also want to understand is these are the videos that we're seeing. These are the ones that are catching your attention because somebody has this on camera. Mm. Now, there are, I can't tell you how many times people don't catch it on camera. How many injustices happen every single day? How many times police officers have been overly aggressive, not killed somebody, but knocked their teeth out, slammed them down on the ground, falsely arrested them? This is something that's happening over and over and over again. Now, are there good police officers? Yes, there are good police officers. But those good police officers right now are not standing up for the ones that are the bad police officers. And I'm not saying that all aren't, but there's a culture in this country that, that is... Beginning to be more of a militant police and an occupier than to protect and to serve. And we have to change that back.
1: Uh, would you say the, that there's an, a, a culture of institutionalized brutality in the American police system? Yes,
3: absolutely. And this goes back, you know, this goes back very far. You know, to, we, we're not talking about a million years ago where segregation was. or or apartheid, think about how close apartheid apartheid ended in my lifetime, Mm. and you still have the systematic problems of apartheid in, threaded throughout, threaded throughout the institution. Now, what I want to put forward is this. Let's talk about the simple fact that if you look at the All Lives Matter, the news feeds, the, the posts from people from Facebook and Twitter, the majority of people's response, whether they are black, white, brown, Asian, rich, or poor, has been positive. People are coming up to an awakening, and that's what is going to change this country. More people are moving moving forward positively and saying, you know what, I'm a white person, and, you know, it's time that we take a look at this justice system, and it's time that we have a call to action to change it, because everybody's life, whether you're the black person or the police officer, it matters. And if we really look at what's really going on, we need to be joyful that our leaders, our Mandela's and our, our, you know, um, Martin Luther King's, like, this is their time. People are speaking up, and we cannot get clouded by the negative attention. Yes, there's a problem with police brutality in the United States. Yes, there is a problem with, you know, all these other things. But now that this problem is coming to light, there are more people Who are standing up and saying, We're not going to have it anymore.
1: Well, are we taking your calls? That's going to make
3: our world go forward.
1: We're speaking, um, of course, this morning uh, to Keisha Thomas, and she's a humanitarian and human rights activist, speaking to us uh, from Houston, Texas, and we're taking your calls as well on 891 What are your views on uh, what is going on? And uh, just looking at some of the messages coming through on Twitter, uh, Jacques Cupido says, what's happening in Dallas due to USA's government uh, denial of racism uh, and the fact that racism is on the increase? Is that in Indeed, the case, uh, Keisha?
3: Is racism on the increase? I will tell you that when you have a a media system that's set up to perpetuate fear, fear is on the increase, and fear is what the button that they're pushing is the racism. Mm. If you go to a place, and let's say you and I, we work together, we work together at a restaurant, right? You and I are friends. I don't care what your bracket is. We work together at the restaurant. Usually we don't have a problem. But when you sit behind a computer or you sit behind a desk, a news desk, or you sit behind whatever, and you're spilling out these, you know, um, tweets or these things that are full of racism, then that's what people are going to focus on. And they're going to spread and say, hey, look what this person on Twitter said. Well, that's not what the majority of people are on Twitter feel, but because it's, you know, it's sexualized and it grabs us, then that's what we seem to push, and we have to be careful of that. Does racism exist? Absolutely racism exists. When Willie Lynch, I don't know, when Willie Lynch is the man that did this whole thing about creating a slave, mm-hmm. when he created a slave in society, I want you all to, if you ever get the chance to just Google Willie Lynch, and learn a bit of, I mean, we're talking about the 1700s. And some of the things that were institutionalized then are still going on today. But we're, like I said, we're having an awakening to this racism. People who thought their racism didn't exist, that put their head down and buried under the seat, are now becoming awake to it and say, "Okay, well, you know, we have to fix the problem." And once we have acknowledged that there is a problem then we can work on the process of fixing it. I'm not one that works on the process of complaining about the racism that's out there. I'm one that focuses on, okay, we have a police department that's using instances of racism. How do we fix that? Because every citizen, every person has the right to be here. And they have the right to do to, to process.
1: And uh, we're speaking to Keisha Thomas. So what are your views? Uh, Tiamma's calling us from Pine Town. Good morning.
5: Hi there. How are you doing? Well, and you? Good, good. Listen, I think our focus on this whole thing is wrong. I watched the video. It's graphic and it's really terrible. But the real problem facing the black community in America is not racist police officers. It's other black people. Did you know that the number one cause for black deaths, black male deaths in the United States, is other black males? So, yes, of course there are racist cops who are going around shooting people because they're black. But in terms of statistics, they're irrelevant. Our main problem with black people is that we don't want to find out and say, listen, why are our brothers and sisters shooting each other, especially in Chicago? Um, we want to go around with toxic groups like Black Lives Matter saying we must kill crack of cops because most cops go around trying to kill black people. That's, you know, it's like having a geyser that is breaking in your house and there's water, this torrent of water is flowing into your living room and there's some rain that comes inside your house. You're saying, no, let us go fix that, that, that portal where the rain is coming in. But you're never minding this whole torrent of rain that's coming to your living room. We must get our focus right. The main cause for other black people dying is other black people.
1: Yeah, but, you know, Tiamo, I I, I disagree with you on so many levels about so many things, because if... And and, and, uh, you're now getting me to fall into, you know, the same trap that you are in here. But let me go there. If... 100 people are killed, you know, in a bomb blast somewhere. We call it a terrorist act. If 1,500 black men are killed by a police uh, system in the United States, we don't call that terrorism. And it's not about the numbers. It isn't about the numbers. Every life matters. So, 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 you know, it's not to say that the other reasons and the other factors are not important, but this is equally important, and it equally needs to be addressed, especially because it is something that is institutionalized. Look,
3: I if the I could Greek, just answer, you know, speak on that as well, if you just give me one second, let me speak on that as well, mm-hmm. because you bring up an interesting, interesting point. So I don't know what your name is, but I like your point. Siama. And there are absolutely problems in the black community. Mm. Chicago had over what, 14 deaths this on the 4th of July weekend. There's problems in the urban city, Detroit. I'm actually starting a program in Detroit for that same reason, because we have a problem with black on black crime. Mm. I address that issue, and I have a call to action for that. But at this particular moment, what we're talking about is we're talking about the relationship between police officers and the black and brown community, or I would say police officers, and just in general how they treat American citizens and the police brutality. Do I agree with you? Yes. But I need you to to put it in its compartment. And one does not have to do with the other, and I'll tell you why. Because the people that are on this Crime that you call race on race crime did not swear an oath to protect and to serve. They don't get paid to not kill each other. The police are the ones who are paid, who work for the citizens, who work for for the people, are the ones who are are paid to protect and to serve. So, is there a time to place to talk about race on race crime? Absolutely. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that with some solutions. Because look, there is a problem, I'm not ignoring that. Mm. But at this time, the issue that we're focusing on is that we have to have respect between the police officers who get paid that swore an oath to the people to pre- that are in the community. Well,
5: so look, don't disagree, your, your point is
3: well taken, but just okay. know when to pack it and when to unpack it.
5: I understand. Physically speaking, though, white people are actually more likely to be shot by, by, by police officers than black people. If you look up the stats, you'll see that that is the case. Um, my point is that look, we know that black people are dying at the hands of cops, right? And it's wrong, and it should stop. But our focus is so much on this statistical irrelevance that we completely lose sight of what's going on in the black community. Our real problem with police well, officers is, really is trying quickly, to kill uh, black, people, me, for being American, black people being aggressive me, being and, and, and,
3: and being so rude. But one of the things that you said is the things that we focus on. First of all, I'm a person that focuses on solutions. We have to, as the individuals, come up and say, okay, this is part of the plan. I don't focus, my number one focus is not necessarily on police brutality against African-Americans or people of color. My number one focus is on humanity or is on making awareness that all violence matters. So it's what you focus on. Don't forget that the media plays a huge part. When you look at how many police officers were killed in the United States last year, you're looking at, what, 58? Out of that, 58 police officers that were killed last year, 28 were killed by gun violence. So there's this romanticized idea that police officers are going down in a in hell of a here in the United States killed by African Americans. We have to – everything is connected, but at this particular time – we have to focus on what this is, and for you to say that you know black on black crime. Because remember, the 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 man that got shot yesterday in Philadelphia—that's not black on black crime. That man had a job, was going to school, had a right to carry. Why should we drag him to a department that he doesn't even fit in? We can not saying there? that that department doesn't exist.
1: He doesn't. No, indeed. The, you know the black. I'm sorry. No, I'm saying, indeed, I agree with you there, um, Keisha. So we need to go to a news break. Tiamo, thanks for your call. Tiamo from Pinetown.
0: The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live, turning the spotlight
1: on the big issues and the people behind them. And thank you so much for staying with us this morning here on the Forum at 8 and uh, looking at a breaking news developing story out in the United States Uh, in Dallas uh, police officers uh, 4 have been killed and 11 shot at and uh, that story we've been covering uh, basically since yesterday it started developing and uh, to the point where we now have a situation whereby police officers have been killed and we are joined this morning uh, by Keisha Thomas who is from from Houston, Texas, and she's a humanitarian and a human rights activist and talking about the situation. And, of course, uh, before the break, we spoke to Tsiamo from Pinetown. Tsiamo, let me just say um, much reaction to your call uh, about everybody so far disagrees with what you had to say Um but I won't go there. I just want to read a few other messages uh, before we get back to your calls. Uh, Calvin Mbiza says the situation in uh, the uh, Dallas shooting is getting tense and this brings the debate of a gun-free society to the spotlight. The chaos happening in Dallas will open a loophole for terrorist attacks in the United States. Mangalisa Ngobo says US shootings will not end. Cops will retaliate for the killing of their own and it will go on and on. And Western Musime says, the situation in Dallas makes my heart bleed, especially when I think of our brothers and sisters in blue here in South Africa who have also lost their lives. Titus Makita says, uh, insecurity and unwarranted supremacy from white people is what causes all of these racial killings. And Mzizi Mzi Bengu says, police being shot in Dallas uh, was a disaster waiting to happen and it was only a matter of time before we saw that. Um, Perhaps you'd just like to respond to some of those, Keisha?
3: Well, I I think that we cannot, we have to hold for a second. Just just bear with me and hold for a second. Because throughout our history, the South Africa United States, we have such a similar history. Okay? Think about all those kids that were killed, shot in the back when they burned their papers. Six or so children. Think about all the people that died in the United States. Violence is nothing new. It is nothing new. Mm. But it has to stop. At some point, there has to be an end. And there's more people out there that want an end. Then you look at this from the point of view of, were there people running down the streets who were looting, who were smashing up things, who were punching police officers in the face? Did that happen? That didn't happen. What you had was snipers from a roof took it upon themselves and when they did that they put the whole community the whole people that were down there in danger so are we going forward absolutely but look take the emotion out and just look at it for the for what it is and when they say that our people are violent and our people you know run through the streets and loot and tear up stuff and it was everybody this it wasn't it was a peaceful protest and the only thing that was about about it was that lone rule. So when you look about at, at a, the abortion, you know, clinic shooters, the ones that the shooters that the mass shooters that go in Orlando, or the ones that go to the movie theater, or the ones that feel like you know whatever their cause is that they can take over and use bloodshed, mm. we saw. You know, when the media wants to betray us, like, you know, you look at New Orleans when the Katrina happened, and you look all this, when Rodney King happened, you look and you saw places burning to the ground. You didn't see that in Dallas.
1: So let's go back to the lines and take more calls. Kujo's calling from Umtata. Good morning.
4: Good morning, Sakina. How are you?
1: Well, thanks, and you?
4: I'm fine. Uh, with regards to what is happening in the U.S., I'm just missing it. The Queen of England need to be blamed. Uh, the kings in the Europe need to be blamed. And the slaves, merchants like the Hobson, the McDonald's, the howays they uh, need to be blamed for trading in slaves, taking over 40 million blacks, able men, and women across the Atlantic Ocean in the Medieval days. A lot of millions have lost their lives in that journey. And let's come home. This is a Mandela man. I can tell you that in Zimbabwe, a third of the land has been taken by the white. But thank God to the life of Mugabe, even though he's not doing well. But sociology will tell you that The land is the soul of the people. The Europeans have gone to America and have taken the land. They have usurped the land from the Red Indians. And today they are building walls across the Mexican city so that the owners of the land should not come to the land. Okay,
3: so if you can, if I could just interrupt you just Mm -hmm. for a quick second. And you're absolutely right. We have, um, I put a post up the other day that says America has a horrible history and a savage past, and you can see it on my Facebook, it says, but I want to get to the heart of what I was saying. I was saying that all the slave masters and all the slaves are dead. We are the descendants of that. Can I change that history? Can I go back and say I don't want to be a slave? No. As of today and where I am today is where I'm at. So at some point we have to say, okay, don't forget the past. Don't forget the slavery. Don't forget, let's not even talk about Haiti and how Haiti was one of the, the very first ones to stand up and get their own independence but are sanctioned. What we need to focus on, if we're going to talk about that, is having Haiti not pay retributions to France to get that money in, out of debt. That's how we focus on where we're at today and how we're going to change the future. I'm not going back to being a slave, and my white friends have no, I, no intentions on being slave owners. Those people that we can blame for whatever reason that we're here are dead. At some point, we have to go forward. And the way in which we go forward against the colony or against the king and the queen, and forgive me, um, I, I mean, no disrespect, I don't understand the infrastructure of the UK is, you know, are you on the close But what mm-hmm. I do understand is that the places like Haiti should not be continuously used by the United States, be used by France, or be used by any other Are the country? They they have a. Let's talk. If we're going to talk about retribution and and making things right, or what we can do, then let's focus on that, not what we can't worry about or why we're here or whatnot. Do you understand what I'm saying?
1: I hear what you're saying, but I want to.
3: There's problems that we can go forward.
1: I want to come back to you know what what we are seeing. Mm-hmm. And 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 you spoke about the peaceful nature of today's protest, uh, which is obviously in contrast with what we've seen previously. And what does that say to you? You know, the fact that um, you know you obviously you do not want people to retaliate um, in a violent manner. But if violence is all they see, if violence is all they experience, if this is their lived experience. Does it then come as a surprise when they react violently?
3: Well, that's the thing. You, you, first of all, let's, break, let's unpack this for a second. And we say that violence is all that they see. Like every black person in the United States doesn't, doesn't experience violence on a, daily, on a daily basis. We have a lot of people that live in the suburbs, that don't live in the hood, that you know, are in all different levels of society, and violence is not the answer, They're, it's not part of their everyday life.
1: So surely you this then the doesn't speak to them. Forces. This speaks to people who live in the projects. This speaks to people who are economically on the bottom rung of the ladder, who who do not have as much mm-hmm. and, and, and who are more likely to be stopped and killed by a white police officer.
3: Right. But remember, when? OK, let's just take it out for a second. Let's unpack it. Your economic status in the United States. Does not defer you from being killed by a police officer. Your color does. So you can be. You've seen this. Obama, when he first was in office, this one guy was a professor for Harvard or whatever Ivy League school that got pulled over and disrespected by a police officer. You see it where police officers who are off duty and out of uniform are pulled out and disrespected by police officers because of the color of their skin. It has nothing to do
1: with their social economical level. Yeah, Obama but they color. are disrespected. So These guys are killed. Right. They are. Dis- Right, but what you're saying is that when,
3: let me, okay, so what you're saying is that these people, African Americans, on a daily basis, our lives aren't surrounded by violence. When we encounter the police, yes, we do mm. have that violence. But on the, on the daily day, you know, it's not like we, you know, every black person lives in the hood where they're shooting each other. You see what I'm saying? So look at the, the violence, most us African Americans are African in general. Well. we're not violent people. If you look at any of the protests that have ever happened, you're looking at a small number of people that got violent, and the news turned it into this huge thing. Now, the the race-on-race race violence, that's pocketed into certain areas, and that's also a factor of how much money you have. That race-on-race race violence equals can be compared to how much money you have. The police-on-race violence has nothing to do with how much money you have. It has to do with the color of your skin. So the majority of people in the United States who are African American don't live in societies where, we're, where it's just poverty. There are places like Detroit, like Chicago in certain pockets where the number of people are African American, yes, those pockets are violent. Does that make sense? There's two, There's African Americans with all different spectrums. So look,
1: yeah, it yeah, that makes forward, absolute makes absolute sense. It does okay. become very much a class issue um, as well as a race issue. But, um, you know, let me bring more listeners in because uh, there are people who want to join oh, yeah. in the conversation. Uh, Mangoba is calling from Port Elizabeth. Good morning.
4: Good morning, Sakina. Um, hello, Ms. Thomas. How are you today? Hi,
1: I'm doing well. Thank you
3: so much. Uh, I'm just an honor to be on your station. We're over and
4: and i don't say the motherland yes, yes, yes. Um, Just quickly, uh, a couple of pointers. I disagree with uh, Siamo with this whole notion of black-on-black violence being the issue. Um, I'm not sure if he's aware of the effect of the FBI on black culture in terms of what the FBI did to the Black Tampers. He um, caused it to fight amongst themselves. Yes, true, which is his point. Um, But uh, I feel at the root cause analysis, you guys need to especially your president right now, being a uh, black man. He needs to acknowledge, you know, um, to the black community that in the 21st century or the 20th century, we as an American government did not look after you. And it was an institutionalized uh, policy under currently, right, to take you people out as a minority if you tried to rise up. I think you need to go and address that because Jay
1: Edgar okay, help me out because you're breaking up just a little bit. I need you to um okay. I I you will know, actually I I'll come you. back. I'll tell you what um he wants to know uh, your assessment um about uh, President Barack Obama at this point regarding all of this. But let's also just take uh, Peter in Grahamstown and then you can respond to both of them. Peter, good morning.
6: Hi right, Sakina. Yeah, I wish you were here in Grandstown, but anyway, <laughs> possibly we will meet you one day. One day. Uh, yeah, uh, Sakina, one would assume that under a, a, a so-called black leader, the present leader of America is, has got a black father, things would have improved, but they haven't. And it's, it's so sad. I feel so sorry for him because he really is trying his best. And racism is not anything new. And relationships between the public and the police have got to be improved both in America and in South Africa. And I'm going to give uh, your outside broadcaster a CD on racism this morning. I'll make a trip into town. I'm so close to the monument, I can see the roof from here. And I, I hope you have a discussion on the CD, which uh, um, you'll enjoy listening to.
1: Thank you so much, Peter. We'll certainly get that. Um, let's get back to Keisha Oh, Barack Obama. And many people are asking about Barack Obama and, you know, his presidency. What has it done for black lives in America? And uh, your assessment of his response to these incidents, because it's not just today. It's been happening for quite some time.
3: Absolutely. So President Obama has a hard job. Now, I'm not going to make excuses for President Obama Some people say that maybe he didn't respond as hard as you would have thought he would have done or or whatnot. But we have, let's ask ourselves, what is our own individual responsibility when it comes to battling racism? What are we doing ourselves instead of looking for a leader or a president to do for us? Uh, JFK said, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. What can you do to battle racism? Now, President Obama, if you haven't, you know, keeping up the news here, you've got turmoil within the Republican Party that cannot and will not let him get anything through. They, from day one, have been against him completely. There are people here that are just so radicalized in their view that it's unreal, and it hurts the American people. We've had to resolve to, you know, Congress doing a sit-in to get talks about gun violence.
1: It's ridiculous. So how do Absolutely. you deal with that? Because if, if that is the reality, um, the, the objective reality right now, then it, it, it speaks of a bleak future then. No, no, no,
3: there's no such thing as a bleak future. The future is not written, so you can't think of it as a bleak future.
6: What you have to do is
3: we have to think about things fantastically, okay? What do we want to change, okay? This is the problem. The problem is that, you know, Congress and then, you know, we have a, a, a Supreme Court that we need to be really looking at that's trying to hold up progress. So the plan or the call to action is, number one, our voting. Our voting is so powerful what the Tea Party did in the United States. I don't know if you all know about the Tea Party. Yeah,
1: yeah, we do. It was
3: like this grassroots, crazy, you know, group of people, and I use that and salt, but I I have to say it for what it was. But what they did was they had a strategy. They went in on the local level and started getting their people in. So people with a reform movement, a reform or forward-thinking mind, need to start voting these are people, the ones that are speaking for people, into office. And both some of these tea parties, right wings, is ones that want to hold up the ball and hold on to, to tradition.
7: Mm. We have
1: to
3: go forward and we have to use the power of the ballot. But a lot of
1: times... But, 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 but how, how confident balance. are you in the fact that that will bring about the necessary changes, given that the highest office in the land is occupied by a black man and yet all of these things are still going on?
3: but see it's we don't have a dictatorship so obama can't do anything without congress or without the house and the obama cannot just go out and just do there's due process that we have here this is a democracy that's what it is you know obama i'm not saying no president of the united states so so, so so
1: so basically when we speak about the most powerful man of the free world that's just a platitude
3: no it's not. But when it comes, he's the most powerful man because he's pushing legislation, but you have to have the House and the Senate behind you. It's not a dictatorship. It's not like, you know, he can go and he can – it's like, you know, if, if – I don't even want to say the possibility that Donald Trump was able to be in office. Okay, Donald Trump in office is not the worst-case doomsday scenario of Donald Trump being in office. It is the wor- that is the worst case to do, things to do. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Mm. But this man who wants to build a wall, he can't just say I'm president of the United States, I'm gonna build a wall. It doesn't work like that. You have to go to the House and the Senate. You see what I'm saying?
1: Uh, well, so so so, so but do you think he would be able to garner the necessary support to do that?
7: Hell no. Excuse my <laughs> language. <laughs>
3: You know, well, fine for that. But, you know, we're not even thinking about Donald Trump becoming an office. Like that's just that I have to take a sip of water on it. That's just a disgusting and, you know, it's absurd. It's absurd. It's well, absurd, for, it's from, absurd, from
1: our vantage happy. point, it's starting to look more and more like, you know, a real possibility at this point. But no, um, I think. <laughs> you don't think. <laughs> But
7: we'll no, see. It's, it's not, not too be-
1: long off that poll, is it? We we will see sooner rather than later. But let's take more calls. Uh, Keisha, um, Jimmy is in King Williamstown. Good morning, Jimmy.
0: Good morning, Sagina. Uh, Sagina, you know, uh, to comment on the case of uh, President Barack Obama, mm.
7: all
0: I can say, all I can say to you about him is that you know the man is the is the is a statesman. He's the president of a country. He cannot be seen to be telling the white people in America that their superior com- superiority complex is the cause of all this racism that we see them committing in the U.S. against black people. What we blacks need to do, we need people like the caliber of Steve Beagle, Malcolm X, and Chris instance, you know, to change the mindset of the blacks. Instead of them being so submiss- submissive all the time, we need the one thing that Nelson Mandela stopped, for instance, you know, was the civil war that was going to take place here in South Africa. That is what we need. We need people who are militant, who are going to mobilize all blacks to change their anger and focus it on white people.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, and, the, and where is that going to leave us? Okay, we've lost Jimmy there. Um, Jimmy, I'm not right, sure. I was like, I don't even need
3: to answer this question because, honey, I know you got me. There's no way, if you think about let's let's going,
2: see,
3: Malcolm X, nobody wants to read the last chapters in the book on, on Malcolm X autobiography. The last chapters of what Malcolm X, when he came to his enlightenment, said that all Muslims, all of us, all mankind are created equal. He found that out when he went to Mecca.
7: He mm-hmm.
3: understood that when he saw a different people praying to Allah. We don't want to, we just want to pick up the, the, what we consider the sexist part so, yes, let's all militarize and let's all, you know, get guns. I'm telling you right now, you think some police officers are incompetent? How many people do you know, your friends, don't have to answer this out loud, would you trust with a gun? Are they competent with a car, let alone a gun? We, we have these ideas of war. I've had enough war. We've got people in Kenya that are killed. We got people over in Iraq during the holy month that are killed. This all of this killing is not getting us anywhere. And frankly, I'm tired of it. Do you know we have whole generations that have been brought up on war? Generations. You wanna talk about killing? Uh, you know, let's not forget about our genocide with the two, you know what I'm saying? Let's not even go there. You that see, hasn't been more than
1: 20 years ago. I, I, I agree with you, but I can see where he's coming from because um, I, I, I can sense that frustration of a people who have, you know, for, as you say, generations not seen anything else. They've not seen any change in their material conditions and, and they're just frustrated. No, no, no. They do not know There's, what that, else to do.
3: No, 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 We have seen a lot of change. One of the things I get upset about is I get upset when, you know, people are so frustrated. And they say, you know, and, and that's the thing. You've got this anger. you got to hold. you got to think about it for a second. I've had young people that have come up to me and said, I feel like I'm, I am, you know, things have not gotten any better since slavery. And the first thing you have to understand is slavery and apartheid are nothing to joke about. There's mm-hmm. nothing to joke about. You don't, you're not, this, this is nothing to joke about. In apartheid, you didn't go to school where you learn how to wash dishes. Do you see
1: what I'm saying? This you is true. But do you and I, you Keisha, do you and I have the right to challenge someone on their lived reality if they are living in a shack out in Cliptown and do not have electricity, do not have running water, who literally have to hang their clothing out on the street when they go to use the bathroom they go out into the street do you and i have i mean do we have the right to actually tell them that that is not real
3: absolutely not absolutely not we're not telling them that these realities are not real but see in the united states is there poverty yes and this is where we differ and i mean no disrespect but you're not. The poverty that's in the United States is a luxury compared to other countries,
6: and I know that
3: I'm not going to get any applause for that. But the truth of the matter is that we don't have shanties like you have in, in South Africa, some of the third world countries. We have ghettos, yes, but we still have indoor plumbing, running water, cable, electricity. You see what I'm saying? We're not walking to, we're not walking three miles to go get water. Do we have a, a problem with water in Flint, Michigan? Yes because the pipes are damaged, and the city uh, knew that when they switched from the Flint River, from the Detroit River to the Flint River. So the struggle of poverty is not on the same level. So when I say to the young person that they are so, oh, my gosh, you know, I feel like I am living in slavery times, no, you're not being whipped. What you have to do now is you have to figure out, okay, what is the problem? The problems are you live in a ghetto, okay. You live in a ghetto, and now what keeps you in the ghetto is part of the problem with the police, as I've touched on before, is that you have to stop shaking people down. You have to stop using the, the community as a tax revenue for the city, which increases them to be in poverty. That's something that has to be fixed on an institutional level, so that these people that live in the ghettos can feel like we can have up more upward mobility.
1: So, Keisha, but, we coming we to have, the end of the show. We just have about a minute oh. left. Where to from here?
3: Okay, this is the most important thing. The most important thing is do not give up hope for a better tomorrow. Because then you let the terror flee. What do we want? We want to be able, as a black people around the world, to be able to walk in the streets anywhere and not get killed because of the color of our skin. Period. Period. That's our God-given right. And nobody has the right to kill us based on the color of our skin. Period. I refuse to go back to Jim Crow. I refuse to go back to all these other things. We have to remember that we are going forward together and not one step back. Mm. So when all this negative energy gets me, we are going forward. We have the right, I don't care where you are in the world, to pursue the pursuit of happiness, to have upward mobility, and to live and not be under constant threat. I don't care if that's the police. I don't care if that's Boko Haram. I don't even care if that's, You know, your husband, because of domestic violence, it does not matter. You have the right to be here and to be safe.